Hey, hi, hello, beautiful souls. You are listening to Embody Saluna, a podcast about healing through spirit and love. If you are new here, hello, welcome. Um, if you are returning, thank you for coming back. Tonight I want to talk about something that has been uh, around for, well, let me rephrase. The term has been around for a while, though I would say that like most things, it hasn't been like well known or um, people didn't have a lot of awareness to it and it's starting to kind of come up in different places. So people are gaining awareness of this and of course because of that it's kind of popping up and it looks like it's something new but it actually um, is not and that is intergenerational trauma Um, and I want to talk about it for just a moment because I'm someone who didn't know what it was until I don't know like a year and a half maybe two years ago no I take it back because I learned about it when I was going through my somatic certification. So that was 2019. So maybe three years since I've been kind of introduced to this topic. But I would say in the last maybe year or so, I've paid a little more attention to it because it's, you know, mattered in terms of my own experience. So that's kind of what I want to just chat about for a little bit this evening. If that is something you haven't heard before, if you haven't heard of intergenerational trauma, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can probably guess by the name what it is. But it's essentially a form of trauma that gets passed on. Trauma, you know, trauma lives inside your body, gets stored in your body. This is the like basis of somatic work, Peter Levine's, Peter A. Levine's work. And so if you can imagine biology and DNA, then you can conceive of how traumas would get passed on through generations, through family, through the family line. But intergenerational trauma is sort of this passing on of trauma that gets stored and more specifically maybe the responses to that trauma. And so because trauma is truly anything, Uh, You can probably imagine any traumatic event as lending itself to intergenerational trauma. Most definitely historic events, oppression. When I say historic events, I mean wars, genocide, colonization, slavery. You can think of things, historic things, I'm sure. For some reason, my brain is just not famine, right? Like the Great Depression. I mean, for the U.S., Obviously, there's famine across the world. I'm not saying that it's only the Great Depression. Just that's what came to mind. But you know, any of these sort of major historical events that you that we have learned about, minor events could have been equally traumatizing. Um, all of those would lend themselves to historical slash intergenerational trauma. In addition to that you would have or you could include uh, like adverse childhood experiences things like being in a violent environment whether you are directly subjected to it or you're witnessing it doesn't matter if you respond to it in a certain way or if it's a traumatizing event then there you go Um, any form of abuse sexual emotional 
mental, physical, um, and neglect. And then some of the other things that would lend themselves to intergenerational trauma that we tend to either forget or just don't always think about, some systemic oppression and things like poverty. Those get carried on from year to year, era to era, generation to generation. So those would be events that would be traumatizing to a person that would get stored and passed along. Those would be events that have the potential to create great emotional dysregulation for the person directly experiencing them. Could cause that person to not be able to show up, perhaps to not be able to provide in certain ways, and that gets passed on through the lineage. So if we know that it gets passed on, we know that future generations can be a recipient and that there's the potential that they can also pass it on. But as with most healing, there's also the potential to bring it to a close, to stop it, to change it. People who do this are known as cycle breakers. The people who say, it ends with me, are cycle breakers. Being the cycle breaker in a family with intergenerational trauma can be hard. It can be a very difficult path. It can be a lonely and isolating path. You might be the only person in your family on that path. Part of what makes it so hard, part of what makes it so isolating, is that you are effectively acknowledging all the things that the other people in your family to this point either have not acknowledged or have not given as much value to. Like they just either thought it would never change or decided that it didn't need to and whatever. There are a couple of camps of people when it comes to intergenerational trauma. You have people who are basically in denial of it. It's not real, it's not a thing, didn't happen. Or denial is also those who say, nothing's ever gonna change it. Don't bother trying, this is how it is. It's no use. Those people would also be deniers. And then the other camp of people are minimizers. Those are people who recognize something's like not okay, but they downplay it, right? Like, well, they did the best that they could. That's a minimizer. I, I didn't do my part as well, so they couldn't do their part as well. That's a minimizer. Someone who's like, no, but it's okay. It's all right. I could have been better too. No, no, no. We're not gonna minimize. So there's those two camps of people. You run into probably the majority of your family being one of those two types of people. Some families are lucky to have a couple of cycle breakers. Most have one. And that makes it a really lonely existence and really challenging. Because while you're sitting here trying to come to terms with history in order to heal that and move forward and stop the cycle, you have people naysaying to you, either fully denying or saying things like, it's not a big deal, it was a different time, downplaying. But it is important work. If you find yourself in that role of the cycle breaker, it is important work. Please don't stop. For yourself, for your family, for the collective, please keep going.
So I mentioned that this became a more prominent theme in my own life not that long ago, as I realized that that's what I was doing. And actually part of what got me to that place of recognition was after December of 2020. And I went to therapy and I said, you know, I'm doing the same exact thing my parents did to their parents. So I guess I'm just going to pass on all this same old shit. Like nothing has changed. I'm just going to perpetuate and continue this cycle. And she said, well, but if you had kids, if you have kids in the future, what would be different about how you raise them? And I thought about it. And while I can't say for certain because it's hypothetical, I did give responses that I thought were in alignment with what I truly believed, how I truly believed I would show up as a parent, whether I was a parent right now or if I'm a parent in the future. The reality is I probably will not be a parent. So the cycle will end in this lifetime. But as you know, I believe in soul contracts and you could call it reincarnation, I suppose, but I don't know that that's what I call it. But as a soul, we're not done once we're done on earth. So I'll continue breaking the cycle as I move forward in future lifetimes. The point I'm getting at is if I were to have a child, the ways in which I would raise that child are very different. What I'm breaking in my cycle, there are a couple of things, but what I'm working with in this moment, in this moment, what I'm working with is the response to somebody, the fear response that would cause abuse and neglect. Meaning if I were to have children, I would be more emotionally attuned to them than either of my parents were to me because I'm aware of what was lacking. And I'm doing the personal work to ensure that I don't pass that on. If I were to have children, they would not be victims of or witnesses to disturbing violent acts as long as I have control. Of course, I can't say what they would be victim of or witness to, you know, out in the quote-unquote real world. But in my home, within my family, within our immediate circle, that would not be something that they would have to deal with. And if something did happen, I would know how to support them in processing that so that they don't store that trauma in their little bodies and carry it with them through life. That's how you become the cycle breaker. It isn't just fighting back. That's a part of it, right? Some of that resilience, some of that talking about how things are not okay, all that stuff that kind of pushes people apart when they have opposing views. That's part of it. But the true work, the true like healing work is when what has taken place in the past does not get perpetuated in the future. So when you have kids, how will it be different? And that's hard. That's hard because the other piece of that is take me, for example, if I had a kid tomorrow, I guess I wouldn't have the child tomorrow. But if I got pregnant tomorrow and had a kid in nine months or whatever, they wouldn't know any other part of my family. They would know one family member, one. I talked to one because he's my twin. That would be it. They wouldn't know anything else about my family. 
But if I was still in that relationship and it was still harmful, I would struggle. I would have a hard time bringing my children or my child to their grandparents. I would have a hard time because I would have to say, these are the rules, knowing they probably won't get followed because boundaries were not a thing in my home growing up, even in 2020. So I wouldn't be able to trust that the way that I raised my child, the things that I exposed my child to, the ways that I nurture my child, I couldn't trust that those would be followed through. And I would have a hard time sharing my child with their grandparents. So there's that. It's hard work. And like I said, it can be lonely, especially from within the family, especially if you are the only one in the family. But there are other cycle breakers out in the world. And there are definitely ways to do the work for yourself, knowing that as you do the work for yourself, it does heal. It does heal the generations prior and future. It does. That's what makes it so incredible. And part of the work, you know, as you're doing it, part of it might be really traditional therapy, might be not traditional therapy, might be solo shadow style work, might be support groups, might be some form of coaching or spiritual um, work or spiritual coaching. You might choose to go solo with all of it. I wouldn't. I would invite you to seek help. Sometimes it can get pretty dark. But the other thing, the other thing that I would suggest if you find yourself in the role of the cycle breaker, I would suggest leaning into your ancestry Find out how your ancestors did things and then do that. Find out how they healed from certain ailments and then do that. Find out what their spiritual beliefs were and then practice them. Be creative in your process, in your healing process. Be creative. For me, I write. That's how I get things out. That's how I express things. That's how I process. I write. Sometimes I write nonfiction, sometimes I write fiction, but do that. Turn some part of your history, your family history, your ancestry into a beautiful narrative where you can literally rewrite the story as a form of catharsis. And it's just another element of the healing process. I'm not saying that one thing takes care of everything, it doesn't, but do those things. Listen to music, learn how to play the music or dance to the music or sing the music, learn food customs. Food is so, it's like a pinnacle of so many cultures. It's like the centerpiece to so many cultures, food, because food brings people together. The kitchen is my favorite room in any house. And when I was really young and dreamt of like having a big fancy ranch style home or whatever I wanted my kitchen to be the biggest room in my house and I wanted it to be there to entertain people I wanted to bring people to my table literally and I wanted this is weird I know but when I was making my own blueprint for my own house I wonder if that exists somewhere I don't know but my kitchen was literally in the middle of the house and that was where I wanted it the central point so If you don't know already, if those things weren't handed down to you, like 
is the case for me, do some research. Learn and rewrite that narrative. On a practical level, in terms of some of the things that are ongoing, politics, sociopolitic, poverty, historically marginalized groups, privilege, white supremacy, etc. If you find yourself the cycle breaker and you're fighting against a lot of those things, it's going to feel really hard. Harder than you could probably, I don't even want to say imagine, but I feel like we're going backwards somehow. It's going to feel hard. It's going to be harder than someone who isn't having to also fight against those things. Have some grace with yourself and seek out the resources, the support, the help, the movements, the people who can be part of a change with you. And learn to let go of the ones who refuse to see that things have to change and that it isn't just for you. Okay, friends, I think I said what I came to say. If this was the first time you're kind of hearing about these things and you're just not really sure where you are, by the way, this isn't about... This isn't about calling out cycle breakers. I realized that I'm, I was getting ready to say something like, if you're not sure, but do you feel like you might need one? Like, no, this isn't, I'm not trying to turn this into a fucking trend. But I wanted to introduce the concept. There are some really great books out there on the topic, um, but I would just invite you to do some research on the topic. I'm not saying that you have to be a cycle breaker. Some families might not require it. And I'm not saying that every experience is exactly the same and exactly, you know, tormenting as tormenting, that you're going to just go it alone through everything. I'm not. But when we're talking about some of those larger historical components and or the same kind of trauma that continues to get passed on, abuse and neglect kind of fall into that category. It can be really challenging because people don't want to acknowledge those things. They don't want to acknowledge that they happened. They don't want to acknowledge what came from it. They want to kind of move on from it. There are people who don't want to acknowledge abuse within their families because they're worried about the effect it will have on other family members. So they're playing this like savior role to other family members and in the process abandoning themselves if they've been, if they're the ones who have had the abuse perpetrated onto them. Like these are things that are real, that happen in families. So if you find yourself fighting against that, it can be hard. So just know that if you're going to jump into it, I would say that we don't really have a choice in whether or not we're going to be a cycle breaker. I would say instead what happens is that we get you know, all these things get illuminated to the person who is the cycle breaker. And then, like, <laughs> at least for me, there was kind of nothing I could do about it. The longer I chose to ignore that, the worse I felt. Like, sick, tired, depressed for what seemed like no reason, not able to reconcile my own emotions, a lot of self-abandonment, a lot of mistrust of my world and myself like it just kept piling up until eventually it needed to go somewhere and so that was you know when I started taking action which is going to lead us into next week's topic and that taking action probably is what part was <laughs> and that taking action is probably what was part of the start of my dark night as well if I really think about it the cycle breaking piece came earlier than that. I've 
had awareness to it since probably late teens or early 20s, but it really kind of amped up and got to a point where I was going to like implode if I didn't do something. And I would say that that was much more recent. That was like mid to late 30s. So anyway, if you find yourself in that role, don't go it alone. If you don't have to, look for us, other cycle breakers, to be your support. Maybe I'll start a support group. All right, beautiful souls. I really am going to end it now. Thank you for being here tonight. I love you. Good night.